Hello, I'm Red. And I'm Tiff. And we're, and we're the, the Fashion, fashion geeks. geeks. Trying to make New York. And the world. Well, New York is the world. A little flyer, one outfit. And podcast. At a time. Yes, we're finally back. It's a strange time. I am Reg. Tiff is on hiatus. She's not here today. So I'm holding it down. We're holding it down in a really special way at a special time because we're going to do something we've never done before. I, as one of the co-hosts, I'm doing this from my home office. I am not at the studio. But fortunately, my producer, Search, is. What up? And more importantly, hey, what's up, Search? And more importantly, we are going to do a full podcast episode via interview, meaning we have one guest, and we're going to chop it up from beginning to end. So we're not going to do fashion heroes. We're not going to do fashion fools. We're not going to do fashion word of the day. Again, this is a special time, so I'm happy to have this special guest. And live from D.C., I have my man who is co-owner of Capitol Hill Clothiers and owner of Capitol Hill Photo. I want to give it up for my man, Anthony Bolognese. It's quite the lead-up to be, especially considering <laughs> I'm taking away everyone's favorite portions of the uh, normal podcast, so thank you. No, it's all good. It's all good. You're worth it. We had been Let's talking so. about this before <laughs> anyway, so so now we're, we're finally doing it. So really happy to have you here, Anthony. Happy to be here. So you're in D.C. That I am. You're in New York. Uh, so, uh, you know, the first question really is, as everyone does to everyone, but we haven't we haven't spoken or seen each other in a, in a little bit. Last time we saw each other was in New York. How's it going out there? It's going, man. Um, I mean, there's so many different contexts in which I can answer that question. Right, I mean, right. Considering current events, considering, you know, the current events that have been going on for the past three months, as well as, you know, the month or two it had been before that started since I had seen you. So there's been a, so there's a, that's a big, big question. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we're going to, we're going to chop it up into, into little pieces. So Anthony, why don't you tell us what Capitol Hill Clothiers is? Because that's, that's one of your, that's one of your hustles. So. Sure. And that's the reason that I met you in the first place. So a little yes. bit of backstory about how I met Reg. We, uh, we went to the CTDA Custom Tailor and Designer Association trade show up in New York, uh, in early f- January, I believe. Yes. And, um, yeah, so my uh, my business partner and I were up there scouting uh, kind of different avenues to add to our business. Um, to explain our business a little bit, we are a uh, custom clothing company based in D.C., uh, the D.C. area, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. And um, we don't operate out of a storefront. Everything is completely custom made, made to order, and um, by appointment only. So we will come to you, fit you in your home or place of business, um, and kind of do everything on a valet sort of concierge basis. And how long have you and your partner, your partner being? Robert Ordway. Yes. Um, how long have been you guys been in business? We've been in business together since, I believe, January of 2017. Oh, excellent. It's been quite a wild ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, three years in the pockets. That's, that's really significant. And like you said, I met Robert at CTDA, and then he introduced me to you, and then you know we caught fire, and... You know, here we are now. I know Robert also wants to be on the podcast, so we just have to handle you guys one at a time because, you, you know, both of you is just too much. I was going to say, I think that's how the world can take us one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So really, like you said, there's so many things, you know, we can talk about. So, you know, though it's an interview, you know, it's really ultimately a, a conversation. So since the pandemic, and really, to me, the pandemic now is twofold, which I think is what you were alluding to a little bit earlier. Yes. How has how has business been for Capitol Hill Clothiers? So since the coronavirus pandemic um, has begun, that honestly, we we got off really, really, really lucky in that regard, because like I said, we do not operate out of a retail storefront. Uh, So we didn't really have any overhead that we had to overcome, um, you know, finding payments for. Um, We've still definitely taken a huge hit in, um, you know, our our customer base. Um, Not that people are, you know, actively avoiding us, but people just aren't requesting fittings. Because of that proximity thing, you can't really do a custom fitted suit from six feet away. So, um, it's kind of a tough ask. Um, but luckily we've been, you know, the way that we structured our business was, was in a way that we don't really have to deal with, um, losing money hand over fist, you know, paying for a lease, um, or rented space or anything like that. So of, yeah, I know that there are a lot of businesses that have gone under or closed their doors temporarily, if not permanently. Um, and I think we're just lucky not to be one of those. Sure. No, I also agree. I mean, obviously, I have a related business with a fashion consultancy, but I'm not a brick and mortar as well. Uh, so, you know, that's very alleviating, uh, to really be honest. Have clients been re- reaching out to you or have you been reaching out to clients? Like what kind of communication, if at all, you've been doing since the start of uh, COVID? So as a photographer, I have offered... Um, some deals and put out a pretty consistent email blast um, to clients just because that tends to be where I spend more of my time. But um, on the fashion end, honestly, most of my emails and correspondence with clients have been with old clients. I'm just kind of checking up on them in a more genuine way, kind of making sure that they're doing okay, that their families are doing okay, um, checking in to see if these people still have the jobs that they had when I fitted them. Um, just kind of a more genuine person-to-person interaction to check up on them because my, um, my relationships as a custom clothier tend to be a little bit more personal than my relationships as a photographer. Um, you know, I fit these people in their homes, I meet their kids, I meet their wives and, you know, you kind of just start to develop a relationship in that sense. So I think I would rather spend my time maintaining those, you know, connections on a personal level versus trying to like, Hey, you know, we're struggling right now. So buy a suit, even though you're not going to need one for the next, you know, foreseeable future, however long that may be. Well, you, you brought something up. Why don't we also, in a way, we're kind of doing this simultaneously. Why don't we also, you specifically, tell us about your other business, Capitol Hill Photography or Capitol Hill Photo. So Capitol Hill Photo um, kind of started <laughs> basically like a month before Capitol Hill Clothiers did and completely by accident that um, the two kind of coincided in that timeline. Um, so I had been, I've, I've been taking photos just casually since probably 2014. Um, I had bought a camera when I lived in North Carolina and I just kind of went out and took photos of random stuff just because I was bored and I wanted to stay creative in some other way. Um, when I moved up to the DC area, I started to seek out, you know, local fashion influencers and local fashion blogs and just kind of fashion content so that I could kind of get a lay of the land for this area. And, um, you know, throughout the rest of the country, DC is not really known as a fashion mecca by any means. So yeah. I found a couple guys on Instagram and, um, started following them, DM them just like, Hey, you know, I'd love to meet up, just like give you a complimentary shoot since I was not doing anything business related with photography at the moment. Uh, so I ended up meeting with, um, Barnett Holston of DC fashion fool, um, 
based out of DC. He's been in the area for, I want to say all his life. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he and I did a shoot together and then he ended up inviting me to this, um, this brunch with a bunch of fashion influencers and bloggers and brands. So my eyes lit up as a potential photographer as I was trying to like transitioned into, um, you know, photography as a business at that time. So my eyes lit up. I'm like, holy shit, a, a, a room full of prospective clients. Like this is going to be a gold mine for me. <laughs> and I ended up going there and I tried to turn some of them into clients, but my, my business acumen at the time was not incredible. <laughs> and honestly, I think I was more on a personal level. I think I was more looking for friends at the moment. So I ended up befriending a lot of these guys and, um, you know, I still got into shooting them. Um, just casually, I shot their products. I shot their outfits for Instagram, and then they ended up taking me to events with them as their plus one slash photographer. Oh, and, wow. um, you know, the people who are hosting these events, the PR people, the the managers, they're seeing somebody taking pictures. They're naturally going to ask, like, hey, do you shoot events? And I'm going to say yes, even if I don't, because yes, I, do. I can learn. <laughs> so that's pretty much how it kind of transitioned out. And I ended up um, going from the fashion and influencer shooting game. Uh, pretty much exclusively to events over the next several years. And that's, that's almost exclusively what I've done for the past, let's say year and a half now. I've been almost primarily an event shooter. And then, um, when I get a chance to shoot editorial or fashion stuff, I will. Gotcha. So really, I mean, it's kind of, it's very complimentary. You're too busy. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and the great thing is when you're doing stuff for Capitol Hill Clothiers, you've got the uh, photographer right there. Exactly. And one of the uh one of the more well slightly annoying things is that Robert is uh he's simultaneously camera shy and just camera ready at all times. So I've <laughs> shot him a crazy amount of times, um but almost never for our own stuff. Um oh. because you know, we've gotten partnerships with other brands. You know, I've shot him in his underwear more than I've ever imagined I ever would shoot anybody in their underwear. Um you know, there's there's so many photos that we've taken together, but he has always wanted me to be the face of Capitol Hill Clothiers, but I can't do that while being behind the camera. Exactly. So I feel like the uh, the content creation game has been surprisingly low considering my capabilities. But I actually just bought a uh, a mannequin torso that's actually behind me at the moment, um, and I've been using that to kind of take photos of outfits and create content for Capitol Hill Clothes without my face, you know, needing to be in it. Gotcha. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I, I saw that briefly. I didn't realize that's excellent. So, uh, shame on Robert. Come on, Robert. <laughs> Step up. I will, uh, well, he's in a, he's in a pretty, I mean, he's been pretty, pretty much since I've known him, he's been in a self growth period of like trying to really nail down his, um, fitness and diet schedule and plan and, you know, what works for him. So he is, phased out of a couple wardrobes in the few years that I've known him. Oh, wow. Okay. So in a good way, right. He's, I was gonna say he's in transition as we all are. Definitely. He just hasn't, uh, hasn't really updated his full business professional from us yet, but, uh, I'm not really that concerned about it. You know, we've got enough of a client base and I, you know, I offer all of my clients, um, a complimentary photo shoot in their garments if they choose to have it. So it's good for marketing material for us. Oh, and, um, it's, it's great to give, you know, that extra level of service to our customers and just let them say, Hey, you know, I've also got immediately done professional photos in this new custom suit. Anthony, I gotta tell you, really like that angle. That's what I can offer it. Why not? You know? Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, your two businesses, I mean, complementary is an understatement. I mean, they interlock. Absolutely. Yeah, and I feel like it would definitely be a waste if they didn't. <clears throat> and even if I had, yeah. and even if I was in the catering game, for example, you know, I'd, I'd find a way to make catering and clothing go together. You know, I'd be hosting more events or something like that. So there's always a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you are, you have that, that ambition and that foresight. I mean, even when we were rapping at CTDA, you know, candidly, and I'll tell every, everybody in our podcast audience, I mean, you were breaking so many things down to me. I was really so grateful try to learn and understand and also implement so uh i'm really not surprised with your hustle because that's who you are <laughs> yeah i mean i'm happy to help i mean that's that's the thing that information is such a crucial thing in this game and really in any of the games that involve entrepreneurship you know there's there's really no benefit to anybody withholding the information that they have if it can help somebody else especially if it's in a complementary or you know a complementary field you know, we both work in fashion, but our demographics are completely different. Our location is completely different. There's no reason that I should withhold just the knowledge that I've accrued over the past, you know, five or so years of just kind of working for myself. Right. Brother, I totally, I totally agree with you. So I would be, I would be lying if I said I'm following the DMV as closely as, as I'm following New York City here. I would be surprised if you were, to be honest. <laughs> New York's got a lot going on at all times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And even more so now. We're number one in the worst way. Oh, yeah. So uh, nowadays. But the reason why I, I mentioned that is what is the timing in the DMV area in terms of, for example, just overall retail opening up? Like, for example, we just hit what we call phase one yesterday. And that's really construction. I can't remember the other industries. Mm -hmm. What's what's your timetable like out there? So we are in phase one at the moment. I believe we've been in phase one for almost three, if not almost four weeks. Um, and that includes, I believe, I mean, construction has been going on throughout all of it. Um, you know, government subsidized uh, construction has been going on through everything, you know, road updates and all that kind of stuff. But um, I believe that privatized construction has been going on for the past couple of weeks. Um, restaurants have now opened with all the stipulations throughout all three locations in the DMV um, of face masks and distancing. So, you know, a lot of businesses that have been able to open have adapted. Um, there's outdoor seating. There's distance tables. You know, uh, face masks are being enforced. Um, and I believe Virginia specifically, I don't know, I can't speak for Maryland, but Virginia itself um, opened up for phase two this past Friday, with the exception of Northern Virginia. Uh, so all the counties surrounding D.C., um, which honestly are the, <clears throat> the biggest economic drivers of Virginia and probably the highest population density, have not yet opened for phase two. Okay. Um, so D.C., I last I checked, was scheduled to reopen uh, for phase two on the 28th of this month, but I can't be quoted on that. Okay. No, no, no. Understood. Yeah. I was just curious. You brought up, you brought up face masks. So how do you, how have you envisioned face masks from a fashion standpoint? So it's interesting. I've seen, I've seen a lot of different approaches for it. And a lot of them are philanthropic, um, just from people that have the time and resources and energy and, you know, money to, make them and just give them away, um, specifically to healthcare workers or, you know, officials or anything like that. Um, 
but from a private standpoint or from an entrepreneurial standpoint, um, there have definitely been a lot of people that have caught me off guard with how prepared they were for this and how quickly they're able to churn stuff out. Um, I honestly jumped on the bandwagon very late and I, that's, that's a huge detriment to me. Um, because I'm honestly still waiting for the fabric to come in <laughs> to start making them, which oh, is, wow. which is insane. Um, and I, I understand why the delay has been so well delayed just because there's such a demand by everyone who knows how to sew pretty much is just ordering fabric like crazy. So, um, but no, I've, I've definitely seen a big community energy thrown into it. I've seen a lot of, um, a lot of the bigger brands have started offering stuff online. Um, even, even websites like custom Inc and Vistaprint, you know, have offered, um, masks just in bulk. Uh, so it's really cool to see. So are you, like you said, you're late to the game, but you've decided to stick your toe in, so to speak. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think, I think recently I saw on one of your IG posts that you had like some, some graphics ready or at least yes. in the chamber. Is that correct? Yeah. So the reason that our fabrics are being delayed is because we're doing custom printed fabrics and, um, through Capitol Hill Clothiers, you know, we have custom printed, uh, viscose linings. Yes. Um, yes. I've seen those, but. Viscose is not the fabric that we were choosing to use for the outside of the linings or outside of the uh, masks. Uh, so we've decided to do custom printing on cotton. And I think I placed that order mid April or no, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mid April. Wow. So it's yeah. And they're supposed to be here allegedly tomorrow um, <laughs> at the latest at the latest on the 15th. And that's before I can even start sewing them together. So we will see if anybody even needs masks by the time they actually are done. <laughs> right, right. And is your is your is your source a domestic source or international source? Domestic. And I think that's oh, part really? of the reason that they've um, that they've been taking so long is because they've had just such a high demand. And I completely understand that. I don't fault them for how long it's taken, just because okay. I'm sure we were way back in the queue by the time I placed that order. Right. Now, related to that, like you said, hey, you're not a brick and mortar. I'm also not a brick and mortar. What has been your deal in terms of suiting, you know, material or shirting material? Like, do you so everything that we've there um, or? you know, luckily we don't house anything in like on location in the states. Um, That's what I we, wanted to know. Yeah, we we manufacture um, through a factory in Thailand. Um, it's a small factory. It's not one of the big name brand factories. It's just a small locally owned factory. Um, and they have kind of their warehouse full of fabrics. So whatever they had had been worked through pretty quickly, honestly. Um, and then, you know, once the Italian mills all closed down, that definitely put a, put a kink in the operation. And we've just kind of been running low on some fabrics and there's really no guarantee for when production can go back to a quote unquote normal. Um, luckily Thailand was not hit quite as hard as mainland China for manufacturing. So that was kind of a blessing on our part, but that also made it so that we were able to like have the factory, um, kind of take up arms and, and help out some of these other Chinese factories without sourcing orders so that things could still be fulfilled. Um, so the factory has been kind of busy absorbing some of that, that, uh, work from the Chinese market. Okay. And did you have any orders like right in the pipeline when the pandemic hit? Like, you know, a client that's awaiting a suit or? Luckily, no. Um, so we had, we had one that was almost done. Um, 
and I think it was delayed like a week and a half. Oh. But that was that was really the only issue. And luckily, the customer was not really that concerned about it because um, she was not in. <laughs> obviously, she was not going to be needing a suit right. at that point. So. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And so, she was gracious enough to at least let me even deliver it and you know get a get a feel for how it fit on her, which was nice. Oh, can you can you elaborate on that? How did that go down? Um, so luckily, it was actually someone that I'm I was already relatively close to. Um, so I feel like if it was if it was kind of an out of the blue client, it might not have been that gracious. Um, but you know, I was able to go to her apartment in Navy Yard, um, pretty close to National Stadium, and uh, just kind of. You know, go through the outfit, put a couple, uh, or rather go through the garments that, that I delivered, kind of re- reiterate the features and customized details that we did. And, um, you know, we had already prior to delivery discussed a couple outfits that we had in mind for, you know, pairing with that or with those garments. Uh, so we went through a couple of those. You know, I, I went through, this is her first garments from us. So, uh, I went through a couple slight alterations that we're going to need and then, um, kind of adjusted her measurements in our system. But, uh, yeah, otherwise it was, it was really good. I still have to, I still have to go shoot those, um, those clothes on her. We have not yet done that. So. Okay. And at some you point. Both have, oh, I'm sorry. Continue. I was going to say at some point we'll, we'll get those photos done. I'm actually very, very excited to take photos of this, these outfits because, um, they look great. Okay. Yeah. Actually, that was going to be one of the questions I was going to ask. So you beat me to it. But the follow up question is, did you both have masks on while you were doing you know, the unveiling, so to speak? Yes. Okay. And yeah, just for, she, for the sake of safety, yeah. Right. And, I mean, my assumption is there's no way that you could keep social distancing of a minimum of six feet while you were doing all that. So how did how did the client feel, particularly since it was a first-time client, about that whole process? Like I said, luckily, she was somebody that I knew prior to this, Um so she was more okay with it. She was more aware of, you know, how I've been living my life or how I had been living my life, um, you know, with quarantine. Um, so we, we were confident in each other's cleanliness, as you can say. Uh, <laughs> so it was it was not as big a deal as I feel it might have been if um, if it had been a, a client that I had not known prior to that. Okay, understood. How do you think, as a segue, how do you think you and Robert – you know, it's kind of like you and Robert and then you, meaning your two businesses. How do you think you're going to approach things when, you know, the overall DMV area, you know, goes through, I don't know if you're four phases or five phases, but what do you, what do you think you're going to do when, when everything is green lit? How, how do you envision handling the business, handling the, the clients? Like, for example, here, like now I'm the king of the webinar. Mm-hmm. I hated webinars prior to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I had no interest. I was always like, no, no, no. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, a webinar. This is fantastic. <laughs> let me learn, let me learn something. Exactly. And, and some of them I've taken have been in the fashion space, not exclusive, but some of them have. Some of them have been CTDA. A lot of them have not, uh, but still in the fashion, in the fashion world. Mm-hmm. And how do you think your existing clients and potential new clients. How do you think you're going to approach things? How do you think, how do you think they're going to feel? Do you think individuals are going to want custom clothing? What, what do you think? What's your gut? So I think that 
specifically for my business, I don't think that that's going to be much of an issue just because of our target demographic. Um, you know, the people that we are catering to are people that are still technically able to do their work right now. And once they're able to go back into the office and they're going to be back into the routine of wearing suits or at least business casual every day, <clears throat> um, they're going to have the need again. And their income is not the type that is going to be stifled by anything that's going, that's been going on. Um, it's really the lower level, um, working class that has been most affected by this. Um, and that's including, you know, myself, um, considering, you know, small business ownership, uh, versus, you know, more corporate, uh, positions. So luckily the, you know, the lobbying space in DC has not been affected. You know, there's still government relations work to be done. You know, there's still law being practiced. Um, even if court dates have been pushed back, you know, people are still suing, people are still getting sued and people are still representing them. So those are kind of our, uh, bread and butter, you know, ideal clients. So luckily that is not as much of an issue, um, on the clothing end, on the photo end, I genuinely have absolutely no clue how it's going to roll out because, you know, with events, I, th I think that those are going to be some of the last things that are allowed to yeah. come back as well as, you know, I think that those are just some of the last things that people are going to be willing to put themselves into. Um, cause people are already so up in arms about, you know, any grouping of more than 10 people and distancing out in public just with strangers. So going to a networking event sounds like an absolute nightmare right now. Right. Because you can't network, you know, in a in a small yeah. DC, you know, thousand square foot restaurant from six feet away. Otherwise, you get ten people in there. Right. Yeah, so this is all this is all head scratching stuff. Yeah. So luckily, I think um, I'm switching my business model, at least for the moment, over to headshots and um, you know portraiture and stuff that I can execute from a safe distance. You know, right. people can feel safe about it, and um, it's a little bit more personal. Right. You're. You know, you said with with great confidence that with your high end clientele, it'll be business as usual. But in the same breath, do you think that do you think that the majority and then maybe you can just also share and elaborate more about who your demo is? Obviously, you've hinted at it. Do you think all of them are going to go back to work? Meaning I understand the employment. What I'm saying is, do you think? that potentially there's going to be a significant number that are going to continue to work from home? For the sake of general society, I genuinely hope so. Um, I do hope that a lot more people are going to be allowed to work from home from now on. Uh, just considering that we've done this, you know, quarter of a year trial run uh, to just to see if that productivity can remain. Um, so I think that lobbying from home is a tougher sell um, you know, my, my ideal demographic for, for people who buy my suits are people who make upwards of $150,000 a year, um, ideally working in government relations, government affairs, um, and lawyers. So law, um, in really any capacity. Okay. So people who, Capitol Hill and, the, and attorneys. Yeah. Okay. So I don't believe that those people are going to necessarily have as much of an option to work from home. Um, although I am not incredibly immersed in either of those fields, so I don't know what their day-to-day -day job entails that would allow or disallow them to be able to work from home. Okay. So it's, it's somewhat, it's somewhat up in the air. Yeah. Got you. You know, and the reason why I'm asking you that is on my side of it, you know, clearly I'm not a clothier like you guys. I'm just a, I'm just a fashion consultant. Clearly I'm head scratching. 
I think like a lot of us are. And I'm just, I'm just literally wondering. I feel, I feel that to your point, the people who have to literally leave their house when, you know, when the light is green, mm-hmm. then yeah, you know, they still have to dress. I'm really curious about the ones who are going to, are going to remain working from home. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I'm really, clearly I'm, I'm kind of all over the place in my response. You know, my point is, I think guy's going to be like, man, I do not want to wear sweatpants anymore. <laughs> I, I, like, I thought I did. I love these things. Oh, my God. I'm wearing them every day. Oh, mm-hmm. no. You know, please, please. please. So even, even just from my personal network, I've actually, you know, asked that question to the people <laughs> that I'm used to seeing in suits that I know have been home for several months now. And I get an equal measure of response. One, I'm excited to wear suits again. I'm excited to wear real clothes again. And then the very opposite of that, I don't think I'm going to fit into any of my suits again. (laughs) (laughs) Like these sweatpants have become part of my body. I don't know how I'm going to change that after this. So I definitely fall into the former category. Um, I cannot wait to get, you know, dressed up and out and just back to the normal routine of looking good and making other people look good. But I know plenty of people, um, both in the working world and just in the general fashion interest world are, uh, Slightly more reserved about, you know, well, this, this can go on a little bit longer. You know, these, these sweatpants are good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like I said, it's, it's a, it's a total head scratcher. When you start doing the mask, my assumption is, and just correct me if I'm wrong, are you immediately going to let your clientele know? Like how, how are you, how are you, you know, how are you planning to go about that from a launch perspective? So I've got, um, so you saw on Instagram, I have the, uh, the fabrics kind of mocked up already. Yeah, yeah, look cool. Um, and I have, I have a folder of, you know, kind of a marketing strategy of, um, like daily posts in different styles, uh, showcasing the masks and the fabrics and like mock-ups of how they might look. Um, obviously it's going to be a little bit different because most of the, the mask mock-ups that you can find online are based on the, uh, the medical looking masks. So the ones with the little divots, kind of like the, uh, I'm not, not entirely sure what the fabric is called or the, the paper is called, but more of the medical style of mask versus yeah. the fabric mask. Okay. But um, just to give people a general idea, um, and, you know, a, a part of the reason that I haven't been pushing that super hard right now, especially considering the fact that the, the fabrics are scheduled to come in very soon, is because of the rest of the uh, social media climate at the moment. It's not a very good time to be promoting products. It's not a very good time to be promoting, you know, commerce, really. Um, unless there is, I guess, a more targeted philanthropic or socially driven message to it. Um, and I completely understand that. And unfortunately, none of the fabrics that I had ordered, you know, almost two months ago, uh, go along those specific lines. So it's a little bit of a, a minefield at the moment. And I don't want to rub anybody the wrong way. Um, but once they do arrive, that is going to be a part of, you know, what I'm posting along with the offers that I'm giving and the information that I'm trying to spread. Sure. I got to tell you, Aunt, you saying that you've opened up to a segue. That, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> that I was planning to get to. I just didn't think I was going to get to it now. But here we are. So you mentioned something, and I appreciate your acuteness, because essentially what you're saying is I have product right now, and I have to curtail the way I market in light of the political climate. Exactly. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. So, so let's talk about that. 
mm-hmm. uh, because really that was that was really the reason that you've come on today, you know, per my invite. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like I said, we had always talked about you coming on and Robert coming on, but I want to let the audience know, uh, you know, what I saw. And, you know, it moved me, and clearly you can hear it now, it moved me so much, uh, Anthony. So let me, let me tell the audience what I'm talking about. So a few weeks ago, you had, correct me if I'm wrong, you had on, on a story on IG that you were offering one free headshot for black business owners. Yes. I'm going to keep it real with you, Ant. When I saw that, I was like, okay, wah, wah. You know, it kind of went one ear and out the other. I was like, okay, you know. Mm-hmm. But then a few days ago, you had a post. And your post was from the various photo shoots with the business owners. And I think my point is, in that expanse of time, when you first rolled it out to that later post, a lot had happened. Understatement. Yes. We have two pandemics now is what I always say. Uh, or what I have been saying. We have COVID and we have racism. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, when you did the first post, I was, I was casually indifferent. I was like, okay, that's what he's doing. Yeah. Okay. Wah, wah. Yeah. But then I saw your post with the business owners. And Anthony, I really got to tell you, and I mean, I literally did. I mean, I'm, you know, it moved me to tears. I was so touched because obviously one of my questions is going to be what even led you to this initiation. But seeing the spirits lifted during your photo shoots, it really, it really touched me. So I've got to ask you, what led you to want to do this? So I think a big reason that the social media push has been going on, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the point is to protest the, the brutal murder of George Floyd, as well as reminding people of the, the fact that this has been going on for years and decades. Um, but a big reason for the consistency of the social media push from so many people is to just make sure that it's embedded in people's minds now. The fact that, you know, no matter what color you are, no matter where you came from, no matter what you're doing in life, this is a fact. This has been going on for so long and you can't just ignore it anymore. Um, so I, I remember seeing, you know, every time I go on Instagram, obviously, I mean, it's a habit at this point, um, as a business owner and just as a millennial, if I can buy into that stereotype, um, you know, every time you go on Instagram, there's a bunch of black squares, there's a bunch of activism, there's a bunch of, you know, I mean, videos of, of what's happening, um, both in the, you know, the, the crowdsourced video of police brutality, um, the videos from all the protests and everything like that. I mean, it's something that definitely sticks with you and seeing it in your own community is gut wrenching. Um, especially seeing people that you recognize, you know, getting their cameras destroyed by police, seeing people that you, you know, are friends with just out there fighting for a cause that they truly believe in, that their ancestors have literally died for. Um, it's something that you know, makes you ask if you're a, even remotely with your emotions or with like reality person, what can I do to, to change this? Or what can I do to uplift you know this community that I've, you know, passively let be oppressed? 
And that's something that I feel like a lot of uh, white people, business owners and non, you know, have to come to terms with the fact that, you know, no matter where you started in life, there is a societal leg up just because of your, you know, color of your skin. And I know that I've been able to get to where I am in both of my businesses for a lot of reasons. And one of them definitely is the privilege that I've had to be, you know, I say privilege in the societal sense uh, to, to have been born white. And I wanted to offer some level of what I know how to do best to the community that didn't have that same, you know, predetermined leg up in society. Um, so I, I narrowed it down to black business owners. I wanted to, you know, help my community in the DMV. Anybody who has started a business or owns a business or even does like a side hustle and makes money doing something that they as a passion want to do, I wanted to offer them a headshot because I know how cost prohibitive they are there. They can be. I mean, I know what I charge for a headshot session. Um, and I know that not everybody can justify that or afford that, or especially starting business owners. You know, someone who just started their business is not going to spend $500 on a full headshot package. So I wanted to open that up and offer it to, you know, any and all black business owners in the area. When you first, just give me a better sense of the timing because it's a little bit of a blur for me. When did you first offer that? What was the, what was the, do you kind of remember the date? The timing. Um, let me see. I want to say it was it was the thirty first of um, May, I believe. Okay. I was I was point. just laying in bed. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was just laying in bed on Instagram, and I closed it, and I was just kind of looking up at my ceiling, and I'm like, what can I do? I don't know what I can do, and then it just okay. kind of that light bulb hit me. Like, I can just I can help business owners. I can help people grow their businesses. I can help people get, you know, that leg, the leg up mm. in having some of that content for themselves or having something to properly represent them as a professional. Please tell me, please tell us what was that first round of shoots like? It was underwhelming, if I can be completely honest. I mean, no, I want you to be completely honest. I was I with you it. when you first posted it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so when I posted it, I mean, I, I tried to be consistent about it. I posted it, um, you know, every day or every other day um, from when I when I uh, made the graphics on, like, the first of the month until um, until the weekend that it was supposed to happen. I got five bookings total throughout the whole weekend. I had booked 22 hours of the weekend, you know, 11 hours a day exclusively for this purpose, and I got five bookings. And I was kind of disappointed because, like, you know, obviously I wanted to help as many people as I could, and I understood that maybe not everyone would see it or, you know, that was this first weekend was the the big weekend for protests and, um, you know, in-person activism. And I understand that, but, um, yeah, the first round was, was pretty underwhelming from an RSVP RSVP perspective. Um, so I decided to offer it again. So I'm offering it again this coming weekend and I've already more than doubled my, uh, my bookings. Um, and luckily I've been able to get a little bit of press coverage and a lot more shares from the black community. Um, just letting people know that this is an, an option and the, uh, the Instagram story that you actually replied to, um, you know, letting me know that you were, you were moved by it. It was a response, um, or an IGTV video from one of the women who, um, got her headshot from me and I've, I've taken her photo before I've done some, some work for her. Um, and she was kind of explaining it, the fact that this is such a great deal for black business owners and that, that people should be taking advantage of it. And, um, 
kind of highlighting the fact that I've actually gotten some flack for it as well. Really? Yeah. Uh, um, would you care to elaborate? Yeah. So I've, I've posted on, um, I posted it on like the Washington DC subreddit. I posted it on a bunch of, um, you know, freelance, um, uh, Facebook groups and kind of local community groups, just trying to get the word out as much as I can. Like, Hey, if you are black or a business owner, take a look at this because this is catered to you. Like I want to help out and it's free. So if you've got 10 minutes out of your day, come, you know, get this free thing that's going to help you in your business. Um, and I, I got a fair amount of backlash from people ranging from things that I thought were a little bit asinine to the point of like, you know, when I posted it on Reddit, um, <laughs> the first comment that I got was just headshot question mark. And I, so I assumed it was like, okay, somebody doesn't know what a headshot is. You know, this is not, this whole subreddit is not full of business owners or people who would ever like have a need for a headshot. So I defined a headshot and the, their response to that was, uh, that term seems a little bit insensitive considering yeah, I knew, what's going I, I on. I knew that's where that guy was going. Or what, yeah. I knew and like, like I, really? I kind of get it from, from the outside perspective of not uh, having ever had to experience, you know, a professional headshot or not being in an industry where you need that. Like mechanics, for example, don't need a professional headshot. It's just not something that comes up in their job. Um, and I completely understand that. But it was just little levels of stuff like that. But then um, one that really stuck with me, um, someone that I had met um, through another black friend of mine um, at an event, you know, a couple years ago. Um, she and I had been friends on Facebook and, you know, spoken several times since then. Um, I posted that deal in a group called Freelance DC, and she was just not having it. She was like, this is not the time for, you know, black people to be getting headshots. Like you need to be out at these protests. You need to be like voicing your opinion and not hiding, you know, in your house. Um, like we're tired. We're being killed and oppressed. Like we don't have time for your fucking headshots. And I, I hear, I hear the pain and it, it hurts for a couple different reasons. Like I, I want to be able to do what I can. You know, I'm not, I didn't start any of this for, for PR reasons or for, know you, you know, did. good, you know, standing in the black community. I, I did it because it's something that I know can help. I know. And That's why there's really no way to explain that without sounding defensive. Right. right. Yeah. Right. You're, you're in, you're in, you're caught in the corner, so to speak. Exactly. And I know that these are tense times and it's, it's justifiable. Like I, I have no, 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 no ill will for anybody who, is kind of raising their voice in tension at these times because I, I get it, right. but kind of know that I'm not the enemy here. Exactly. And you're, and you're, and you're not, um, you know, I don't know how often you've listened to our podcast. I know you've listened to a few episodes, but my point is I have very strong opinions about things and I think my opinions are always backed up intellectually. So by no means in this conversation, am I saying, well, because I say it's so, it's so, and it's not about receiving a black pass. Mm-hmm. But my point, my point is this. We have individuals who look like you that are out there at the protest. And that's to be applauded. But you hit on something which I think is equally important. This is your ability. This is your skill. And you figured this is a way that you can contribute. There's not one way to contribute. I mean, matter of fact, I've had conversations with some people because there are people who look like you that will come to me and go, what can I do? There's a myriad of things that you can do. I mean, in the most myopic way, if individuals, whenever the time is right, become clients, 
to New York Fashion Geek, that's part of the process. It's, you know, it's a baby step, but supporting black businesses is what it's all about. And if any of these individuals, you know, if they even had a glimpse of a Garvey philosophy or an X philosophy, it is about self-empowerment. There's no question about that. And here you are, you're trying to, you're trying to help along. I think your approach has been, you know, is right. It's just, it, you're in a no-win. But the fact that, you know, and you already, you already said it, but I think the audience should hear it again, that you're doing this again on Sunday the 14th from 11 to 6, um, you know, is to be, is to be applauded. So you got to keep on keeping on, Ann. Definitely. And I, you know, I, like I said, I understand the, the voices that are, you know, speaking out, not necessarily against it, but giving their criticisms of the fact that I am doing it. I am listening to those voices. I'm not going to change the fact that I'm offering this because I know that, you know, even this past weekend, I, there are five specific people that I've helped and they've already seen, you know, a lot of good feedback from posting those photos and being able to update their LinkedIn's and stuff like that. So those kind of rewards that are, that are happening, like those tangible, you know, successes that are happening because of these photos, that's enough to make me keep going and want and want to keep offering this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, ironically, I have a friend and maybe you know him. I have a friend whose name is Craig Hudson. And he's out there on the front lines. He looks like you and he's taking all this wonderful photography. Mm -hmm. I think he's freelance now. I'm not sure if he's with the post anymore. I can't really recall. So my point is, I've known this guy for years. I'm looking at his stuff. He's on the front lines. You're on the front lines in a different way, and you both have photography in common. So exactly. And I mean, one, it, there's not one way to approach this. It's not one way. Yeah. Way. I mean, I know so many photojournalists in DC that are out there, you know, doing what they know how to do. Like they're taking photos that are compelling and showing, you know, what's happening in the world. And that's what they're trained how to do. That's what they have experience doing, and that's what they are are doing now. And I understand the risk. I understand that, you know, it's, you can't guarantee that your cameras won't get destroyed by doing it. But, you know, that's, that's where they feel the most comfortable. That's where they have the most expertise and that's where they want to be, you know, exercising that. No, and you gotta, you gotta keep on keeping on. And I'm sorry to hear that was underwhelming. In a way, I'm not surprised that you got brushed back. I'm so idealistic for things like this, which is probably surprising for certain people. But like I said, when I when I saw it, it moved me because to see this, you know, to see this one sister's face and just the elation, it might have been underwhelming for you, but for someone on the outside, it was uplifting. So don't get me wrong. The the, the part that was underwhelming was exclusively the fact that I only had five people. But the <laughs> second I had the second I had, you know, tangible results, the second I had photos to show them and I could see their faces light up. That is, that's why I do what I do, you know, regardless of the, the political times and regardless of the social times and regardless of the motivation behind it. Um, just the fact that I'm able to, to make someone happy with how they look. Um, and this goes for honestly both businesses and the way that I'm going to word it. Like the fact that I can make someone happier with how they look and more confident in, in the way that they're presented. That, that's the whole reason for me. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. That's all I got, bro. All right. <laughs> uh, for real. So, well, I don't want uh, this to just be a monologue about me. I want to hear about what's been going on with you. 
Well, I mean, we don't really, well, until the producer gives us the, uh, the high sign, which I think is going to happen shortly. I mean, yeah, in a nutshell, we're, (laughs) I mean, I'll, I'll be brief, but you know, we're here in New York and as I sarcastically say now, we're number one. So, um, it's been, uh, it's been a, a tough situation. Um, I have lost a dear friend. So that was really painful. Um, known him close to half my life. So I really hurt. Um, my nephew, uh, had it. He's a first responder and I haven't really talked about it a lot, but I was on pins and needles, but he came through fine and he's a firefighter. This is his first year. He's a rookie. He's only been doing it for weeks, months. So that's a hell of an initiation into the job. Yeah, for real. Um, he wasn't feeling well. He suffers from allergies, and we weren't certain. And, you know, and then I hear it, and you know, your heart sinks. Um, and I think that's what, you know, relatedly, a lot of people don't understand. It's, it's typical of a lot of things. You don't understand it until it happens to you. So, and this is so insidious. So, I've always felt that I'm I'm built for this type of gig in terms of quarantining in place. Uh, I think I keep my mind right. Um, I miss being outside. There's no question. The few times I go outside, I only go if I have an errand to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I spread out my errands intentionally. Uh, but I don't go out all the time because I just feel guilty if I do. I don't go out for long. Uh, from a fashion standpoint, I mean, this is the first podcast that we've done, you know, since since covid so and certainly since george floyd so i'm glad to have done it because i've missed the podcast and you know it's been it's great having you as as this you know unique approach we're all doing it remotely and like i said it's a you know it's an interview you know we've always broken up our interviews like our interview would be you know a few minutes and we'll still do our other portions mm-hmm. i've also relatedly I have a I have a newsletter for NYFG and I had to dust it off <laughs> because I hadn't <laughs> done it in like over a year. And in April, I was like, I was talking to one of my boys and I was like, it's time to it's time to do this thing. So for the whole month of May on Fridays, I released a newsletter and kind of like you. Like my first one, certainly at the very end, because mine is brief. It's always like in three parts. Like I have an intro and then it's like three tips and then an outro. And on the outro, I was like, hey, you know, if you're doing Zoom and if you need some help, you know, you know, come holler at me. But then after that, it was really just sharing how I'm feeling, you know, amongst my four walls and what I'm dealing with. Because I figure what I'm dealing with, other people can relate and I think people should know that we have a lot more in common here uh, than we have things that are dissimilar. I give out I give out some deals sometimes because people are ordering online, and you know not deals that that come into my pocketbook, but just like hey, J Crew's got a sixty percent deal, you better jump on it. So, in terms of you know, I, I think that's been I've gotten some good feedback. You know how it is with a newsletter. Sometimes you get unsubscribes. So, but I've gotten good feedback and I've looked forward to doing it every Friday. I did it, 
you know, last Friday as well. So I think I'm going to continue doing it every Friday in June. Also, I think it'll be contingent on, you know, the phase, the phases from the governor, so to speak. And, you know, my fingers are crossed. I hope that I get new clients. I hope my existing clients come back. Uh, I don't have specifically the demo like you do, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just curious, but I want to, I want to keep on keeping on, you know, and I have all these different ways to do it. I have the podcast, I have the newsletter, but certainly I'd love for retail to reopen. Um, I'm definitely, I'm going to collab with a, with a brand right now, uh, Los Torres Taylors, like we've always been talking. We spoke recently, and that's been great, too, you know, talking to people in the brotherhood and the sisterhood and fashion and, uh, you know, letting each other know that we're out there, we're there for each other, and that we're good, that we're healthy. So uh, I go outside, man, I'm like a senior citizen, man, I'm like my grandma, getting that sunlight on me. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> have, have you gotten amazing. into gardening yet? No, no gardening. That's funny because uh, in my building, because I live in a high rise, we have a garden. It's self enclosed. I, I overlook it. So uh, it's just, you know, it's it's everything that's been said. It's just, uh, it's unbelievable. And uh, I'm just curious to see how we come out of it. And uh, you know, my my fingers are crossed. Definitely. So, and I'm curious to know how the, uh, you know, I know where it's a little bit early on to see any results or any uh, stats from it, but I'm curious to see how the protests, uh, you know, I'm, I'm nervous about them making more spikes in the, uh, in the cases and, uh, yeah. kind of prolonging this whole thing. But it's, you know, I don't want to say it's worth the cause because it's a deadly virus, but, you know, it's definitely a cause that needed to be spoken on. And I don't think that it could have come at a better time, you know, when everyone is, or most people are, are not working. And have the time and energy and, you know, just availability to go speak their mind and make change as it needs to be. Yeah. No, uh, you hit it on the head. I mean, everyone thinks I'm out there every day, I guess, because that's my personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, you're right. But uh, people are doing what they have to do. And I know that's a cliche, but it, it speaks to the severity of the situation. And, For sure. Uh, I think you hit on something. I'm really curious about all these brands, small and large, about their commitment. Um, because having a black box, you know, oh, isn't yeah. enough. Um, and even you know, part of the reason that I love the people who have been so outspoken, even even against the stuff that I've been doing, is that things have been coming to light, and it is glorious. You know, seeing people who um, who have you know these these demons or skeletons in their closets. That, uh, that are finally being pulled out because people have the time and the determination and just the, the sheer visceral anger and desire to figure it out are, uh, are pulling them out and being able to call people out on their, their bullshit, to be completely honest. Yeah. So. It's a, no, it's a, you know, it's an interesting time. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the long-term play mm-hmm. uh, versus things that are ephemeral. So my fingers are crossed. I'm curious. I'm cautiously optimistic. But it's Good a worldwide phenomenon now, and, you know, we're watching what you guys are doing in D.C. Like I said, literally, my boy is out there. Like you said, he's a photojournalist, and uh, it's all it's all encompassing. It's all enveloping. So we're going to see, and I hope to, uh, I hope to stay safe. Definitely. 
I hope that you stay safe and everybody that you, uh, you have close, you know, remains to be as safe and, uh, you know, healthy as possible. Thank you, Anthony. I really appreciate it. Hey, let's let this be the last time, but I'm certainly, certainly, certainly really touched that it was the first time. And, uh, we'll see you on the other side. Absolutely. The second I can get up to New York safely and grab a beer with you, I hope to. <laughs> that sounds good. I'll have my mask on. All right, man. I'll bring my, I'll bring a couple CHC ones for you to buy too. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, I think I'll DM you. We'll have to figure something out. All right, man. Well, thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Anthony, really thank you for the time. Tell Robert I said hi. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been Anthony Bolognese, Capitol Hill Clothiers, Capitol Hill Photo. He's speaking truth to power. We'll see you on the other side. Always be fly. <laughs>